All right, all right, let us get started. Welcome to Unboxed, where uh, we meet with amazing men and women in the community who um, are making a difference and doing something that's powerful and impactful that is inspiring people. So we're going to unbox today Gilbert Acevedo. Gilbert Acevedo. Hola. He's uh, one of my near and dear friends. Uh, man, you are an artist, an entrepreneur. You're an activist. I mean, you just can't stop, won't stop. So I love that. We want to unbox you today. Uh, CEO, founder of Modern Abolition. You're going to hear all about that in a minute. But before we like dive into all that, mm -hmm. um, I definitely wanted to start with a little bit about you, who you are, what you are. Um, Gilbert and I, Robbie Quick, I'm your host for uh, this episode. And uh, excited to be here. We're really good friends, and I've actually, cool enough, I've been a part of a lot of this, at yeah. least along yeah. the journey with you yeah. in uh, small ways, big ways, right? But um, I've been able to watch this, if you will, from A to Z. So we're going to have fun because uh, we know each other pretty well. Charlie's in the house. Say what's up, buddy. Yo, yo. Charlie. What's up? That's probably the most you'll hear him yeah. the entire show. No, he'll he'll pipe in for sure. And then... Uh, as long as we're not talking about him. the Raiders. But Spencer... Oh, come on, I had to. I had to. We got Big Spence in the back. You can't see him. Trespasser. He's uh, running. He's making us all look good. He's making us look good. I like him. Yeah. So, uh, Gilbert, right. if you will, because um, we want to... The whole idea of this is unboxing yeah. the uh, yeah. our, our, our guest... Um, unboxing, you know, your idea, your thought, what you're about, what you want to make a difference is letting other people and then eventually mm -hmm. giving information and, and sharing stories that can unbox others to chase their dreams mm -hmm. and go after their mm -hmm. uh, visions and their futures. So uh, let us get to know you real quick. Let's yeah, unbox man. you. Tell us your story, if you will, like Ooh. where you grew up, what things were like, all that jazz. Gilbert out of the box, huh? Mm -hmm. So uh, born in Hawthorne, California. I'm a Hawthorne cougar for life, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, once a cougar, always a cougar, right? Um, Born to, I have a two sisters, two beautiful sisters. I love dearly. Um, we are half Mexican, Puerto Rican, American. Ooh, spicy. Yeah, very spicy. Yeah, Boricua. Spicy <laughs> so the pinto and the black bean, yeah. the perfect combination. Um, we're a we're a crazy family, but we're an awesome family. I love I love my family. My mom and dad were great. They we didn't have a lot growing up, but they didn't let that be the emphasis of our upbringing. They didn't allow that to be our definition. It was just our reality. So we were creative with it. You know, a lot of people maybe went on vacations and stuff like that. We just did creative things, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, it was it was awesome coming from that because I've I've come to learn uh, there's there's much more to appreciate than just things that are just temporal, you know, that, you know. And so it was it was really cool. It was definitely definitely hardships growing up. My uh, my father was part of the big layoff at McDonnell Douglas. Mm -hmm. um, that was around the time I think I was in just towards the end of middle school, heading into high school. So everything that we had a taste of just kind of got swept away. And uh, fortunately, we lived in a home that was owned by my father's friends. So instead of living in a car on the street, they they al allowed us to stay there and figure out, you know, there was times where rent was close, man, mm -hmm. and, and we couldn't cut it. And, and they were just very patient. So, you know, a, a lot of a lot of that helped shape who I am today. You know, I only got a couple ticks and I'm, I'm doing all right, but uh, very appreciative where I'm from. I know Facebook did a thing not too long ago, and, and I don't know if it was because of the viewers or whatnot, but Hawthorne was the third worst place you could raise your kid in California. <laughs> and, but here's what's funny about that. I thought it was, it was the worst. Yeah, I, I think it was uh, I think it was up here. What was it, Modesto or something oh, like that? Oh, that makes sense. So <laughs> it makes sense. All my Modesto people, I love you. Yeah, don't man, worry. Man. I but, love you too, but you, you know yeah. what? It's real, right? You know what it did, though, is it was awesome because you had people from our high school, our class kind of come together and go, wait a minute, I, I was from there, and, and it united. So I love how something that could potentially define us 
we didn't allow to. We're like, wait a minute, I'm who I am because of that part of my life. Um, so whenever we go back and visit, it's just it's good to be reminded of where you come from, um, and that that you don't have to be a statistic. Mm-hmm. You know, you could mm-hmm. you could be who you're meant to be and get out, if you will, um, and not let where you were define you. So. It's a little bit about me, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Named named Gilbert after my dad and the other twenty five. Once again, I am half Mexican, so there's twenty five Gilberts in the family. Ooh. Oh man. Oh yeah. And uh, we 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 cut that. I'm married to a beautiful wife. Her name's Stacy, and we have we have four kids. We have three homemades, and you have so Rocco Cash, Knox Mateo, and Bronx Tomas, and they are all boys. They're all bald headed, and uh, we're gonna start a band. So we're gonna go nice. on tour. Yeah. And then we beautiful have a. Boys. Beautiful <laughs> they're boys. awesome, man. They're very good looking. They get it from mom. I try my best. Didn't have to do much, though, let's be honest. And then we have this amazing young woman in our life named Soka. She's yeah. a spiritual daughter, if you will, from Cambodia. Yeah. She's a strong, amazing woman, um, a hero of mine. And she's actually in Cambodia right now. So um, that's our family, man. That's our little little taste of Gilbert there. Yeah. I love it. Let's talk nice. more about Soka in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into some of that stuff. Yeah. But um, always been an artist. Mm-hmm. It's always been a passion of yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as we've talked since you were young, super young as a mm-hmm. kid, it just became, you sort of doodle, yeah. doodle in class. You yeah. still doodle, by the way. Yeah. I still, I see no, I'm yeah, surprised you're not doodling right now. I know. It's we hard. Had I don't have a pen or something. Yeah. Yeah. a <laughs> pen for him. But, uh, you know, yeah. um, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And talk about what that means to you and how it's kind of followed you in every avenue of your life. Um, it's, it's funny. So I, I, I always do this for my mom. I, I owe it a lot to her in the sense that when I was in trouble, she would send me in the room, but she'd allow me to have a pen and paper. So it started young. It was an outlet. Yeah. And uh, so she always says it's, it's because there's a mom. You get the credit on that. Uh, I, I would say, though, um, it was only later in my life where I started to understand that the artist in me wasn't just the executioner through the, the implements like the pen, paint or whatever. It was how I saw things. Um, and if you, you look at life. And if I look back in retrospect, everything starts from sketch. So everything starts from an idea. Everything starts from a concept. Yeah. Never, nothing starts from a final piece. So the doodling, in, in, um, Robbie, that you mentioned, the doodling, what I've always done is just a part of life of how I see things. Like I, I look at things, how they're made. I look at what were those first steps. Um, and so an artist is, is who I am. So it's how I see. It's not just how I communicate, yeah. but it's, it's how I'm wired. And so doodling all the time, drawing my cousins, that's just something we did. And uh, but I've always wanted to do something with it. I was like, okay, what does this mean? I can just draw. I could just doodle my whole life. But what what do I want to do with it? And that's when things started to change. Is later on in life, I go, I started to figure out like these doodles, these concepts, this perspective of how I see things can actually impact others. Yeah. And that's when it started changing. So my dream when I was in eighth grade was to draw for Nickelodeon. Man, I wanted to draw mm-hmm. for Nickelodeon. I want to get paid and draw cartoons. You yeah. know, and uh, you know, looking at all the cool stuff in here, I'm reminded like the the pop. The pop characters, my, my sons and I collect those. You were talking about how yeah, you did it yeah. with your family, you know. Right. And I use them for inspiration. Um, what kind of stuff did you draw when you were younger? Man, like, you know what's funny? It's, it's everything. Like, I would look around the room and draw stuff. I would I would mix things. I would mix animals. I would um, – beasts. Like, it would have been so rad, like George Lucas, if you're listening. Um, I would love to draw beasts. You know, like – you know, he, he's one of the three right now. And um, – uh, I was like, I liked coming up with concepts, like looking at things, how they were made, but taking those concepts and combining them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, lettering, of course, where we're from, you know, you, you write and draw and write in letters. And uh, so it was anything, really. I, I didn't like to box myself, if you will, yeah, I um, with art and express myself. Did you ever morph myself. like famous cartoons or characters? Did I ever what? Morph them? Like, oh, dude, 100%. Yeah, yeah I, just, I just found one of my old sketchbooks. Um, from 2007 and I have like mixed mash of, of a couple different characters. And I think one of them was like, uh, 
a Mickey head with Donald Duck's mouth and stuff like that because <laughs> because it was just fun. Like, yeah. and, and in order to do that, you had to understand how they're made. And, mm. and I love that. And so, yeah. So as an artist, I go, man, it's not just what I execute with my hands, um, but it's, it's how I see. It's how I perceive it. And it's how I can communicate. Um, so it's a part of who I am, you know? Yeah. I love that. Well, something with your art kind of uh, turned into something beautiful here, but let's talk about you. Mm -hmm. um, you're a huge influence in the community. You work with teenagers, you work mm -hmm. with students all over. You've done that for years mm -hmm. and years and years. Mm -hmm. But you and I both were able to connect with an organization in yeah. Cambodia yeah. Um, called AIM. Mm -hmm. And you went, I want you to talk about your trip. Mm -hmm. What happened specifically on that trip that wrecked you forever and yeah, caused you good. to found that's good. modern abolition. That's good. And then what is modern abolition? Let's so, jump into some of that. Yeah, so I have to I have to rewind to art school. Okay. So well I actually eighth grade, really quick. So in eighth grade, our teacher, I think it was Miss Malstrom, Miss Malstrom had us write a um, a letter to ourselves we would receive our senior year at graduation day. And in that it said, I will go to Hawthorne High School, we'll play football there. Um, you know, I would I would hope to get into USC, um, or I would go to art school. Well, I ended up getting an art school um, and then it, it said in that letter, you know, you're going to work for Nickelodeon and you're going to get married by 25 and have 2.5 kids or whatever it was. Right. Because I thought it was a joke. I was like, OK, cool. I'm in eighth grade. Well, I ended up going to art school. I ended up getting an opportunity to meet some some guys at Nickelodeon. They did, did some interview stuff. And and man, I, I had this interview. It was a great time. They loved my work. They loved my personality. I got hooked up by a teacher who I'm still in connection with today from art school. And I was walking out the interview, and I could see, I think it was Mark Summers, the guy from Double Dare. Oh, yeah. And he was doing some voiceover Mark stuff. Mark was great. Yeah, dude, he was yeah. great. He slayed it. Like, what happened to he's Mark? He's still around, dude. dude I, I saw some stuff. He's still it. doing some stuff. Yeah. Dude, so, Mark, you're still doing it, bro. You were an inspiration. Mark, you are an inspiration. You know, yeah. I'm just saying, Double Dare killed and slayed, bro. And so he was in this little, uh, it was like this cubicle, and he was doing sound stuff. And, um, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm here. Like. I made it because, like, once again, Hawthorne, California, you know, we have some cool people that are from Hawthorne. You know, the Beach Boys are from Hawthorne. Ooh. You know, Chris Montez, my uncle. You know, there's some great people from there. Um, and I had this dream, man. I'm a big visual guy, like I said. So I had this dream, daydream, while I'm walking out from the interview that I had a great – they wanted me to come back. It was really cool. Um, and this dream was a path. And on this path were different colored uh, individuals' feet, different shoes – Everything. It was, a, it was a mixture of people, man. Some were barefoot, some were not. Some were rocking sneakers, some were rocking messed up shoes. It was just path, and people were just walking this path. And, you know, uh, one, of, one of the things that's very important to me is, is my faith. And I, I felt like God was asking me a question, and he asked me this question. He was like, do you trust me? I was like, yo, I trust you. Look where I'm from. Look where we're at. I'm in Nickelodeon. This was the pipe. This was not Started from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> right? right? And I'm like, I'm in Nickelodeon, bro. There's soda machines and cubicles. There's all the pencils you need. People get paid to do this. What? Yeah. And he's like, no, do you trust me? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I trust you. I get it. I'm here. And he goes, no, do you trust me? And I remember at that point, I go, yeah, no, I, I really do. And I just remember him very clearly saying, all right, well, you can leave this because I have something for you. And everyone thought it was crazy. Okay. And so I left that. I ended up interning at a, at a church down somewhere doing uh, in Long Beach, doing some uh, video stuff and design because I knew what I was, you know, I did that. LBC. Yeah. And then fast forward. So now I'm on a plane to Cambodia and we have a conversation with Don. Don's a good homie of, of, of Robbie and I, his, his wife, yeah. Bridget, he founded AIM and they rescue Don girls. And are fantastic. They're so awesome, man. They, they live out this, this, our dreams are worth leaving everything for kind of deal. And, and it's so, it's such a great story. So anyway, they're doing that. And I remember sitting across from Don. I was like, what do you really need? And and it was there with the team. And he goes, well, there's some girls that need a home because there's a there's a, um, a case with these girls are is the American pedophile. That's right. And we need a home. Yeah. And I remember we just got our home 
And two days prior to leaving, found out we were pregnant with Rock. That's I remember right. told you and Trent, That's remember? Right. Oh, I yeah. talked to you and Trent that day. Oh, and yeah, I was like, hey, man, I'm leaving. Anything happens, you know? And they're like, what's going on? I was like, because yeah. I'm going to be a dad. And they were like, what? So Don't be talking like that. Oh, okay, <laughs> no. got it. All right. So that happened. And um, so he told us that. Called my wife. She was like, before I even got it all out, she's like, bring them, bring them. And I was like, you know what you're saying? Bring them for? So we went into this trip not knowing we would be hosting a young lady. Yeah. So here I am on the plane back home going, what the heck am I supposed to do? Like, yeah, I can respond and go on these trips and, and help these people, but it didn't seem like enough. And I think the key word in my story is enough. I, I never, I want to leave this earth empty. I want to leave it empty with all my creativity, all my labor, all my ideas. I want to leave it here on earth. I don't want to take anything with me because you can't. Mm -hmm. And so I'm on the plane and I got those three same questions that I got at Nickelodeon. Do you trust me? I'm like, oh man, I know this question. I know this voice. Do you trust me? I'm like, oh shoot, he's going to ask it again, huh? And he asked again, do you trust me? And remember, I left that whole art industry, if you will, the industry. And so in this time around, you knew something big. Was I knew gonna something happen. was going to happen. Art, I was okay, like, yeah. okay. I mean, I left all that. I still created because I, I must, right? I'll die if I'm not. But he was like, it was very clear. He goes, you love art and you love people. Make art and help people. And I remember landing going, what the heck, man? Like, okay. So I remember I went to Starbucks and I was listening through my, my track list I usually use to keep inspired and, and create and stuff. And and the song by the Supertones, um, We Shall Overcome, came on. And all this stuff started happening. So I wrote it out. The name came out, Martin Abolition. Um, like, what it's about, blah, 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 blah. And I remember calling my father-in-law. Um, and I said, hey, check this out. And he goes, that's awesome, man. Where'd you get that? I was like, bro, I'm not that dumb. He said I could marry your daughter. Like, <laughs> like I can write, you know. Yeah. I can draw, I can write, you know. And he's laughing and he goes, you should probably try that. And I was like, all right. So in 2011, Modern Abolition was born and established. And, you know, it's funny because it was this journey of it's not that art was stripped from me. It was just maybe a focus with shift of how I was going to use it, you know, because both are impactful. You know, you could still tell a story working with a company like that who's an awesome company. I love it. I mean, it'd be awesome to do a collab one day. It'd be great. Yeah. But it was it was a bigger picture for me contextually to my life. And so what I love most about that experience is I was defining not just a brand name, but but a definition of an individual who's willing to join the movement. So a modern abolitionist is, is an individual that takes their God given creativity, individuality and freedom that we have in knowing who we are and what we created and helping share the stories of those who don't have a voice or help freeing those slaves from other places, not just across the world, but locally, like all the depravities in America. Like are all the fixable things in America that we can do. Like if someone's hungry, we, we can feed them. You know, if someone's homeless, we can help them get on the right track. If if someone's cold, we can clothe them. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And so I go, oh, my gosh, Like we can use art to do that. So a modern abolitionist is an individual that says I can do that with who I am. I don't need to fit anyone else's shape or form or dream. I could do that. And so modern abolition was born, man. And we do art, apparel, accessories and lifestyle mm -hmm. products and design to help impact and inform and inspire the world. It, and that, that's what we're about. So it's been a cool journey. Um, we're still young in the game, you know, and I'm just having fun. And, and you mentioned the students. I, I, I love creating a platform for young people that I didn't have. Right. Because as a doodler and the teachers don't always understand when you have a young man who's doodling, mm -hmm. they think he's not paying attention. No, he's just communicating and, and focusing. Yeah. You know, he's he's maybe hashing out his dreams. And I want to help young people create their platform because buying into the movement of modern abolition isn't just product. It's 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 creating your platform. And if someone takes the inspiration and, and establishes something that they're supposed to do, that's a win for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's buying into the movement. It's like, yo, yeah, you do that. So 
um, it's been fun, man. A lot of learning, a lot of growing. It's yeah, I love fun. it. Yeah. Okay, so Modern Abolition, mm -hmm. the four strokes. Yeah. Explain that okay. and then where they can find you, websites, social platforms, everything. Want to be able to Perfect. track you down the and see art, what you're doing. The, the story behind the strokes, man. I love that. And it's funny because it, it's evolved but hasn't changed. And, and so um, you, you brought up the word activism. It was at one point art, apparel, advocacy, and activism. I removed the activism title only because... Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. And this is what's cool about it. And this, I, I had a humbling experience of... When you proclaim to be an activist, you're never really doing enough. Huh. Say that more. When 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 you proclaim to be an activist, you're you're never really doing enough. Not that's not a negative. It's just it's reality. So I go wait, I, but I can be an activist through the vehicle of dot 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 through art, right? So the four strokes are actually art, apparel, lifestyle, and music, which are all parts of who I am. I love music. I love writing. I love singing. I love uh, collaborating with other artists. I love creating platforms for young artists who sing and, and rap or whatever. Um, art is a vehicle to inspire creativity, right? Mm -hmm. um, apparel, we like to help change how apparel is made and what it stands for. Whenever I go in my closet, wherever I pull out my drawer and I pull out a piece of clothing, I know how it's made. I know where they're made. And now I, I can help establish and, and recreate where it's made. You know, helping these young ladies with AIM. Who, who actually stitch some of the lines we have and sign them like it now represents a life so every time when i'm out somewhere i say man flick your shirt because hands made that mm. like that's your shirt represents a life do you know where it's made do you know where it comes from do you know like are you helping another person's life uh, benefit their life or are you just taking from them yeah, yeah. and it's it wrecked me man it still does you know it's hard so um it's art apparel lifestyle and music because those are the four movements or the four vehicles we want to create movements in yeah i love that you know um cultivating change inspiring creativity and and bringing help, hope, healing, and health to the to the nations, man. Like we can do that. So, and and to clarify, you have different lines of merchandise, but one of those lines, mm -hmm. uh, the girls, which I've been able to meet and be mm -hmm. a part of, yeah. they work in Cambodia mm -hmm. and make these shirts mm -hmm. that he'll print on. Yeah. And so even when you they just print buy too. the shirt, they print know, too. They're printing too. That's oh yeah, why. they, so they have too. their own. Yeah. It's pretty neat what they. Yeah. And, and screens, everything. Yeah. And for yeah. AIM, yeah. Agape International Missions, the cool thing is when they rescue a girl from sex trafficking, mm -hmm. they have a job for them to go into because yeah. the big part becomes you know you can get a girl out reintegrating they were going yeah, right back to it yeah. they're going yeah. right back out to yeah. it because uh it's how they made their money it's how they made their living so then we actually have a they have a job for them yeah. there they can work they're making these shirts and then yeah. he has a whole line that yeah. actually sells those shirts so where can they find that at so modernabolition.com also the fourstrokes.com because for some it's the same place but yep. you know um and and uh the, the 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 special thing about that, as Robbie said, is the reintegration process, the restoration process. Like, there's now a safe home, there's now education, there's food, and there's a vehicle for them to redefine who they are. Um, so all of our stuff, though, like there's lines where the girls make it, but everything we sell actually gives monthly to Agape. Mm -hmm. In fact, one of the new initiatives we're working on right now is creating a design lab via um, so digital art and, and illustration and paintings, so that these girls have a space to have a job in doing that. So not all the art has to be outsourced from somewhere else. Like there's young artists in Cambodia. They just don't have a platform. They don't have a place. So we're, we're, we're working on how much that lab will be, the equipment they need. And we're going to have like a, a modern abolitionist um, lab for these young girls that have a job. It's That's pretty cool. cool at AIM. Really so cool. yeah, and you can follow us at Modern Ab on Twitter um, and Modern Ab on Instagram. I'm Gorilla on, on, on Instagram for myself if you'd like. But yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah man, it, it's... If, if you're out there and you're wondering, how can I take my abilities, my gift sets and make a difference? You just got to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one of the biggest things people don't do is everything starts from sketch. Like maybe that sketch isn't a fine masterpiece. Well, no one's masterpiece was a masterpiece right away. Sure. You know, and everything In our starts world, from we sketch. Call it, we call it a wireframe. Mm -hmm.
Yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah, it's wireframe. Yeah, that's right. good. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now uh, we are going to unbox you a little bit. Just mm. a little something, mm. something. Mm. So we're going to open this bad boy up and see what we got. Oh, shoot. What's going what on? What's going on? Oh, look at this. Wow. These are uh, two fake tattoos from my daughter's uh, Valentine's Day kit. Thank you, London. A long, long time ago. And I'm going to put them on my arm so I can have some artwork. No, uh, I, I did this because you are super passionate about body art and mm. it speaks to you. It means something to you. It's so much more than just like, oh, I got a cool tattoo yesterday. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. and being around you for a long time, I've been able to appreciate that and see that. Like, I mean, every single one has a meaning, mm -hmm. has a purpose. You're even writing a book about it. Mm -hmm. You said, mm -hmm. give us a couple of your favorites and why and what it means, what it means to you. To yeah. your art. Um, <laughs> just to clarify before I dive into it, which I love doing, um, my art on my body is nothing ever to try to fit in. It's, it's another expression of story of who I am. One thing I love about tattoos is whether you love or regret any of them you have, they're part of who you are. Mm -hmm. um, you have people that put them in places maybe unique, but it doesn't, doesn't define them. It just helps tell a story. So a lot of them are stories. Like Robbie said, one of my favorites is I have a lotus flower with our, our daughter Soka's name on it. And the lotus flower is like a crown because she's our princess and she's a, she's a, a big hero to me. Um, where she's come from, what she's been and what she's doing to help rescue other young ladies blows my mind. And I, I have that on my body, not for her, but for me. And it's funny mm -hmm. when she when I got it, she was like, Dad, why did you do that? And I said, oh, don't worry, it's not for you. And she didn't get it. She was like, wait, what? It's like, not for you. Like, this is this is of you for me because you will forever have a mark in my heart and my oh, life. Wow. Um, and so she, that's one of my favorite ones. Um, you design these yourself? I design them yeah. and, and I also collaborate with my buddy, Nick Hayes and third street tattoo in Hermosa beach, California, Nick Hayes. Hey, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there you go. Nick, you Hayes, Nick Hayes is a young bro. That's uh, been a, like a little brother to me and he's done a lot. He's done them all pretty much. He's done them all. And I trust him. Um, the other one I have here is of a, a skeleton hand holding a, a super 55 microphone I with a yellow one. rose on it. Um, and uh, it's very significant to me. It's it's not just because I love to sing and, and songwrite and play guitar and whatnot and record. It's it's actually the skeleton represents death. The microphone is what will my bones say um, when I die? What will they oh, sing wow. of? And then the flower and it's the juxtaposition of life. So life and death. And then what is my life saying? And then what will my bones sing when I'm gone? So That's I look powerful. at that every day and I'm reminded like, yo, what is your life going to sing? You know, what what song will your kids hear when you're gone? You know, it gets emotional thinking about it, so I'm gonna yeah, stop. Right. But um, yeah, and then you have one here. Hey, do my um, favorite. Do my favorite. What's one? The wifey. The wifey. Yeah, I got yeah. the wifey on here. So the wifey <laughs> one. Most of them are are, uh, it's are inspired. Piece. It's a uh, it was a collaboration piece that my my tattoo guy did. He did a great job. I took a picture of my wife and and uh, you know it's of a uh, Proverbs 31:10. It says, "An excellent wife who can find she is more precious than jewels." So it's just a reminder that even through all the junk we have in life. You know, sometimes diamonds are found in rock, right? They're, they're found in the dirt. They're found. They're lost and they're found. But she is my diamond, and so to love her like a diamond, to treasure her like a diamond, is is a gift from God to me, yeah. and that's my reminder. So it's an ode to my 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 old lady, if you will. <laughs> uh, more precious than jewels is what it says on it. So, that's cool. man, they all have a story, and you know, there there's there's quite a few now. There's about 19, I believe, and and Nick has done all of them. No raider uh, tattoo. Uh, not a raider yeah. tattoo yet because they you know yet. keep they keep moving yet. and it kind of hurts. I don't know. You know it's funny. Like here's the funny thing. Like don't I'm not against it. team tattoos by any means. So all my tattooed homies out there, I just like I want 
I want all of mine to tell a story about my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, the Raiders are a huge part of it. We're a Raider home to the bone. Like my son went to school yesterday with silver and black hair because it was crazy hair day. I love it. And uh, all the Bronco fans were crying because they were afraid. But Raiders um, just um, feels right. You know, I just want them to. Um, I want them to to. Sometimes you don't have to say anything, man. You know, like people see him and it tells a story or brings conversation. And I love talking with people. I want, I want them to ask and it's a form of expression. Yes. But if I don't fit in, it's not why I do it. (laughs) You know, I'm not about that. So yeah, there you go. I love it. I love it. And okay. So another huge part of what we want to do is we want this to go everywhere that every single person that listens in every follower, every person Mm -hmm. tuning in can learn something and gain something Mm -hmm. no matter what walk of life, but you being an artist, Mm -hmm. something I remember you saying a long time ago, we're created to create. Yeah. Maybe if you can just speak to those who might be in a box or in a funk or in a Mm -hmm. place in life or like, I'm just trying to get out of this box. It's kind of confining me so I can live and be who I want to be as an artist and even Mm -hmm. beyond just as a human. Like what would you offer to those listening right now as kind of a way for them to get out of the box that might be holding mm. them in um the box that we live in is usually created by what we feel others believe about us so first of all don't define yourself and keep yourself in a box built by other people's insecurities um so just you you we were all created to create mm-hmm. um and 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 i mean not just art people i think if you're a if you're a problem solver that's listening and you're going i'm really good at ideas i help problem solve you were created to do that like an artist like me in my vehicle with my my materials need someone like you to help problem solve things so we're better together so i would say associate yourself yourself with people that inspire you and encourage you because then you won't have to live in a box um the other thing is inspirations work everyone thinks like inspiration inspiration's free but it's work because once you have it you got to do something with it yeah right otherwise it's nice catch it's, yeah you like that <laughs> otherwise it's otherwise i'm a dad so it's like oh otherwise it's 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 wasted inspiration like it's 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 you you don't want that so once you get inspired take that and use it and 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 feed yourself on inspiration it takes work you know what inspires you so go out and make sure you allot that to happen yeah. You know what I mean? Be waiting for it and, and, and take it and go with it. Yeah. Inspire. It's funny. We have a new line in MA right now, the Inspire Tease. And it, it came from the original definition of inspiration in Webster's Dictionary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, I would say the more you feel yourself to be inspired, the more inspired you be. Like, duh, right? But that's the truth. So the other thing I would say is, um, so yes, one, surround yourself with others who inspire and encourage you Two, believe in yourself um, mm-hmm. because no one else is going to if you don't, yep. you know, just being honest, it, it sucks and it hurts. But, you know, the other thing is start from sketch. Um, mm. Don't a lot of us feel like I had a conversation with a student the other day and it broke my heart because he was going, man, I want my art to be powerful and it's not powerful. I said, well, what do you mean by powerful? He said, well, you know, I. I at school, you get a lot of people make fun of me for it because I because I have my head in my book and I'm sketching and drawing and I and I want it to be powerful. I said, man, like, I'm sorry that you've had that experience. I'm sorry that these people are saying that, but they're so insecure about themselves that they're focused on you. Like you keep sketching because everything starts from sketch. Like your sketch here might be the Michelangelo down here. I didn't think, you know, I got a dang, I get emotional, but I didn't think the doodles that I was getting yelled at, like in art in school, I didn't think that that could save a life. It did. Hmm. You know, I used to draw this this bear. I used to draw this um, this saluchador bear named Capitan Oso, right? And six years ago, we used it to develop a curriculum on our trip from Mexico. And you had a bunch of these kids in Mexico with a, a Capitan Oso coloring book. Yeah. That started as a sketch. And 
for them to be inspired by that, I would have never thought that. It started with a sketch. So whoever you are out there, if you're going, like, if you're going, I want to find my vehicle, I want to find my shape, like, it starts from sketch. And don't let others define that shape. Don't let others define your sketch. It starts with sketch. Take a step. Have some courage and jump out there and just do it. You just got to do it. The other thing is this. I just thought of it. Sorry, I have to say this one. Is um, because we were created to create, create like someone else's life depended on it. Hmm. Because someone else's life is depending on it. Yeah. Um, They are waiting to be inspired by you. They are waiting to be informed by you. They are waiting to be impacted by you. Whether it's an audience of one or millions, it doesn't matter. If I inspired the one person who can impact millions, that's a win. And so um, I would say just look at it that way and um, just go for it, man. Just go for it. And love it. Yeah, love it. It's powerful, bro. Ooh, yeah. Sorry. Powerful, bro. Love hey, it. No, yeah. no. Transparency, man. I love no, that. Dude. It's perfect. Hey, we love you. Thank you for being here with us and yeah. uh, letting us unbox your life a little yeah, bit. Man. Hey, you guys watching. Hope you enjoyed that. That's uh, Gilbert Acevedo, the artist, the uh, founder of Modern Abolition. Go follow him at Modern Abolition, at Gil Rilla. That's mm-hmm. his personal stuff. Yeah. Follow him. Buy some t-shirts, whatever. Get to know him. And uh, yeah, hey, follow us, like us, uh, share us, every platform, tell your friends. Uh, We're going to be doing this uh, as much as possible. And uh, we just want to be able to unbox different people we think are powerful, people that Mm. are uh, making change and causing change in our community, in our world. So you'll see more. Uh, We hope to see you soon. Have a good one. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Awesome, baby. Nailed it. Love you, man. Thank you. It's great. Good, good, good. Good. No, no. (laughs) Thank you.